0: What's up everyone? Welcome to the 296 episode of the Pokémon podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host SBJ, and with me today I have Will.
1: Very happy to announce that I have decided to align with the Scorpion Clan. So, for all my fellow Scorpion Clan members out there, I hope you welcome me.
0: I don't know what that means. Uh, Al is here.
2: Yes. And I got really confused because I assumed last week was a numbered episode, so I just assumed this was 297, but it's not.
0: it's not. It's not. Fun, behind the scenes, if people see the word live, they don't usually listen to the episode. Oh. (laughs) Which is understandable, because sometimes live shows just aren't as fun for podcast listeners as uh, a recorded show, but I think- Last uh, week's was definitely fun. Yeah, I think last week's was probably the best live episode we've done. Mostly because of the format, I think.
3: It was fantastic.
0: And that beautiful voice you heard there is Rochelle, or uh, also known as Miss Delaney. But I think Rochelle is easier because it doesn't, t- doesn't sound like Misty. I mean, what is this? Uh, <laughs> what is this, Rochelle? This is three for you, four?
3: Yeah, that sounds about right.
0: We don't want to put the cart before the horse. That's like a European thing, right, Al? Yeah. We- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we still yeah. have them.
3: <laughs> Good morning slash whenever you're listening to this. I'm alive. It's snowing right now and I'm really upset, but I'm going to try and leave that behind me this week. I feel, feel like I was too negative last week, so I thought I would just start this week out by telling you guys some things that I love instead of things that I hate.
0: Which is nothing. Re- Moving on.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on, because I hate everything.
0: No three things? I'm waiting for oh, the three
3: things. okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, we can move on. Three things I love that have made this week great for me. The game Stardew Valley. That's a fantastic game.
1: You got to be Stardewing it.
3: Right? <laughs> the new Fallout Boy album. It's amazing. And Sailor Moon, which is a great show. There you go.
1: Sailor Moon is good television. That gets the Will Anderson stamp of approval.
3: Yes.
0: All right. All right. Well, we got some news for you guys today. We have actually have a lot of news that we'll be covering. Uh, and Then we'll just probably tackle some emails and then our Pokemon of the week. I think that will round out a good show based on all the content we have in front of us. I know there's a lot of stuff about Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon that we haven't talked about, of course, but we'll get to that eventually. I don't think it's going anywhere. Uh so if you haven't played through Ultrasun and Ultra Moon, this will probably be a spoiler-free show. I say probably because I'm not sure what emails we have, but news wise, there's nothing really nothing really here regarding Ultrasun and Ultra Moon, so I don't know why we would bring it up. Uh but we got some exciting stuff to talk about. Uh before we get there though, uh Will and I and some other folks, Irene, Micah Some other friends went to PAX South. My mom was like, how did you afford to go on a vacation? And I was like, I had a job at one point, Mom, and I paid for PAX South well before I lost my job. Also, Mom, you owe me $70, so please pay me. But (laughs) that being said, Will, how did you enjoy your time at PAX South?
1: Well, also, a reminder to your mom, um, you also tend to follow Will Anderson's rule of cons, correct?
0: Which is pay for it way ahead of time.
1: Uh uh uh. The only way you're going to a con is if you're a special guest, if you're a volunteer, or if you're selling something. Cause then you get through the door for free. <laughs> you don't have to pay that con fee.
0: That's true. But like the con right? fee is so tiny compared to the hotel fee or the well fee. that's true
1: but for pax south that's like 80 dollars. you didn't have to pay and for i'm sure pax east is more expensive
0: uh i don't know uh it might be 110 dollars, but it's an extra day
1: yeah well i had a really good time i really enjoyed every single person that we met there i wish uh th- i wish that we had seen sam but uh some of the other folks that we met were really cool i know like joe and dax are two of the folks that came and saw us a couple of times and talked to us for a while so that's really cool and i always like talking to people after we do our panels that's like that's like a highlight for me so yeah,
0: yeah we had lots a of fun we had a good turnout for our panel they gave us a 400 person room which i think is the biggest PAX have has given us uh we got we filled about 250 according to the enforcers uh, I think at East, uh, we did 300 because that room was capped at 300, so we 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 filled that to the brim. Uh, but we did 250, which I think is nothing to uh, nothing to be sad about, uh, especially when there was a lot of laughter during that panel, a lot of participation, people seemed very engaged. So even though it was slightly smaller, well, Pack South overall is a very small con sub- compared to East and West. Oh,
1: definitely, it's like so tiny
0: (laughs) yeah i want to say like south is like one fourth the size of east but i would i would wager to bet it's even smaller than that based on like the show floor alone
1: well and and based the fact like the two big names well three big names sony microsoft and nintendo none of them were there yeah twitch wasn't even there but I do feel bad because I didn't realize that there was going to be a Legend of the Five Rings Cote that weekend, and I as part of Pack South, and I could have done that.
0: <sighs> it's a bummer. It's a bummer. But yeah, I just wanted to give a just wanted to give a shout out to all the people that came up during the panel or after the panel or just randomly. Uh, like we we got lunch with Vince, who uh, is a fan that is from oh, Minnesota right. originally, so that was super great. I, I there's a bunch of fans. That I'm like missing their names or I'm not remembering fully because it's I just woke up like 20 minutes ago. But oh,
1: and we should also say thank you to Zach because he like drove us around all over creation in San Antonio.
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 We got our corselas, which was great as well in Pokemon Go. Shout out to Zach. Shout out to everyone else who just came up. Uh, it was very easy for people just to tweet at me and me just defaulting and saying, meet me at the Monster Hunter booth because it's the easiest booth to find on the show floor. <laughs> And also it's Monster Hunter. Uh, that was really great. But let's, uh, let's uh, speaking of really great, which apparently I said a lot during that panel, uh, let's jump over to some Pokemon news. Oh boy, what do we start with? We have so much news. What do we, what do we start with? I think we start with, uh, let's start with what happened yesterday, which is the Pokemon Go Community Day which apparently is going to be happening once a month. I don't know if any of you participated in Community Day before I read it. I bet I bet Rochelle says no.
3: I did not, but my coworker, who's really into Pokemon Go, was so excited for it. Okay.
0: All right. All right. So hold that thought. Al, did you participate in Community Day, wherever, whatever time zone that was in in uh, Scotland?
1: I did,
2: yes. And okay. it was good fun. All
0: right. Hold that thought. Will? Did no, you participate in Community Day?
1: I liked when people tweeted all the things that they got from it. Does that right. count?
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't. But okay, uh, I'll read. Well, it's, it's
2: part of the community. It's just not the community that's out on the streets.
0: Uh yeah, that's true. Half credit. So Community Day is a new thing that Neantic is rolling out, and I think it's really great overall. Uh, this is from Forbes because. The, they, Pokemon Go doesn't have a good... I think because community ended, the details went away. Last year was all about standard bonuses and spawn challenges. This year we are getting catch challenges, login bonuses, and new Pokemon and more. The trend continues with Pokemon Community Day, a new monthly event that the developer is sponsoring to encourage people to get out and meet other like-minded players. So, Community Day took place on Saturday, January 20th, between three, between, it was three hours long, depending on where you lived. So, in the Americas, it was 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., uh, Pacific Standard Time. In Europe, India, uh, Africa, and the Middle East, it was 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. GMT. And then in the Asia Pacific, it was 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. JST. What really, what, what this all means is there's, Something specific that happens between those three hours. So in this case, there was a feature Pokemon. So I'm assuming uh, there is going to be a feature Pokemon every single community day. In this case, it was Pikachu. Who would have guessed? Pikachu will know an exclusive move. In this case, it was Surf. Unfortunately, Pikachu did not have a Surfboard, which was very disappointing. Uh, There was a bonus. In this case, it was double XP. And there was another bonus, which was 3-hour lures. I know I say that wrong. That's okay. Uh, So the event lasted 3 hours long. Lures normally last 30 minutes. In this case, it lasted 3 hours. Everyone loves double XP. I'm sure in the future, bonuses will probably be like double Stardust or double Candy or something of the sort. But what was not mentioned, which I think was the most important part about Community Today, is they increased the shiny rate for Pikachu so it was a lot easier to find a shiny Pikachu if that is what you are hunting for. But man, Pikachu spawn like uh rabbits on mating season. It was just Pikachu everywhere all the time. Pikachu's left and right. Uh al give us give us the Scotland report. How is community day for your country of uh the European kind?
2: Uh yeah, I I like the concept. I enjoyed taking part in it. You're right, there were a lot of Pikachu. They were everywhere. I went into Dunfermline, turned on the game, and up popped 10 Pikachu right up around me. That's a lot of Pikachu. The one thing I would say about it is that I think I would prefer if it wasn't three hours long. Three hours is kind of an annoying amount of time in that it's long enough to get some decent time out there but it doesn't cover a lot of the day so if you're busy for those three hours you're you're stuffed um i i think they should probably do it for a longer period during the day um i don't know maybe maybe six hours or something i don't think it needs to be you know 24 hours um but just because here it was so it was 10 to 1 and bearing in mind that 10 till 1 generally covers lunchtime. So if you're going to be having lunch, that's generally going to be a chunk of time out of that. Um, whereas, you know, if I was thinking like 10 till 4 or 10 till 5, I think would be a better time. But I enjoyed it. I didn't spend a huge amount of time on it because I went out for a walk with my son and he complained about the cold because, well, it was cold. Uh, so we went back. But I got a lot to speak at you. Didn't get a shiny one. Very sad about that.
0: Bummer. Uh, Rochelle, give us the casual players uh, report from your, uh, your apartment. <laughs> Friend uh, only plays Pokemon Go, right? Not, not in, entrenched in the other Pokemon wor- things in the Pokemon world, right?
3: Yeah, my coworker only plays Pokemon Go. Her daughter actually used all of her... Oh, man, what's the word for that?
1: We are Allowance.
3: Oh. Used all of her allowance to buy a 3DS and Sun and Moon. So she's on the train. She knows what I'm talking about, at least. Um, <laughs> okay. I don't know how it went for her because I haven't seen her since Friday.
0: Okay. She was just working. excited.
3: But she was very, very excited to go. And her daughter was very excited to go. So I hope they had fun. I'll report back next week. Okay,
0: cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious what Pokemon they'll do in the future. I would bet that before the end of the year, Magikarp will be one of the Pokemon featured in Community Day, only because people love Magikarp. Gyarados is kind of hard to get. You can get a shiny Magikarp, uh, and I think people. I think people treat Magikarp not like as highly as Pikachu, but like people know Magikarp, right?
3: Magikarp is a much beloved Pokemon.
0: So I would, I would bet that Magikarp is going to be a Pokemon in Pokemon community. I can't think of what other Pokemon really stand out, especially if they're only picking one, but I could see them maybe doing like, oh, this featured Pokemon or like the three original starters. I could see that. Um,
2: could, could they do mythicals this way?
0: Ah, uh, they haven't used that word yet.
2: No, I know, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, you yeah. Celebi, etc. Do you think? Because obviously, we don't know what their plans for them are. They could be doing ex raids for them. We don't know. Um, they could decide to do something like mystery gift in the main game. Although, as far as I know, there's no way for that. Oh no, there there is a way to do that because when you guys got your free, was it Lugia or Articuno? I can't remember. They they did just add 100%. that into your.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, oh yeah, they did just send us a Lugia, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I'm assuming they wouldn't use that because that was probably just like a manual script to add it to everyone's account. But they could add something like a mystery gift type thing. But the other possibility is it could be this limited time. There's three hours to get your Mew.
1: So something Al just said raised a question for me because in my flight back from San Antonio... Uh, I was talking to the person on the plane next to me. I know that sounds horrifying to a lot of people. Um, but he was saying that even though he plays a lot of Pokemon Go, he's never gotten an EX Raid Pass. Yeah. What what does he need to do?
0: Uh, okay. Lots to unfold here. So, uh, for Al, I know there's an interview specifically with uh, some members of Niantic. I'm not sure if it was John Hankey or not, but they did say that They have, they are very against having at least legendary Pokemon in the wild. I know legendary and mythical are different and they haven't used the word mythical yet, but they have, they have definitely doubled down on the fact that they are happy with legendary Pokemons appearing in raids and they do not want them to be found in the wild. And I'm sure some people are fine with that. Some people hate that, but that is what it is. To tackle Will's point. Ex raid passes are different than just standard raids. So, Will, when we were in Texas, we did Groudon, I think, a couple times, and then we did Kyogre, which is another part of our new story. I'll just knock that out of the way. Kyogre is appearing from February uh, from now until February 14th. Uh, Groudon is now gone. That's the bit of news there. So, get your Kyogre before Valentine's Day. But an EX raid pass is a specific invite to let you do an EX raid, and the only EX raid currently right now is Mewtwo, uh, and that has uh, they started they started doing the beta test for that over the summer, and then it it moved out of beta test and it, it is live for everyone. So, according to Niantic, uh, anyone can get an EX raid pass if you go. To if you, do an, if you do raids. So if Mewtwo is going to spawn at a specific location, let's just say a Sprint Store or maybe a whatever, a monument in a DC park, if you do a, re- a raid there recently, there's a chance that you will get invited back to do Mewtwo when Mewtwo comes there. But Niantic has said that if you have gold-badged that that spot you will be more likely to get an EX Raid Pass. If you do a lot of raids, you are more likely to get an EX Raid Pass. Uh, And then there's, like, one other thing that helps you get an EX Raid Pass. With that being said, that system doesn't work, and that's what people are frustrated about, that, like, I have a gold badge there, I do a lot of raids there, I've recently done raids there, and all these people got invited and I didn't. So, um... You'll, you, you'll hear a lot of complaints that the EX raid system is broken. I'm not 100% sure. I've gotten invited to four EX raids. Two were, uh, three were at Sprint. One was at the Milwaukee Art Museum. I'm sorry. Two were at a Sprint store, the same Sprint store. One was at a different Sprint store, and the other was at the Milwaukee Art Museum. I haven't gotten accepted to an EX raid since then, and those were all before winter started. All those invites I just said were during the beta testing period. So I assumed that because I was originally invited, they kept inviting me because I was they wanted to make sure they were inviting people to complete the beta properly. Uh because it sounds like from what I've talked to and what I've experienced, if you were enrolled in the beta, you would get the EX rate passes more often because you were the test sample in the beta, so it sounded like I was just under that condition. Um, but that's what an EX raid pass is. I know it probably still doesn't sound clear, but the short of it is people are frustrated because they're doing what Neantic says to do to get invited, and they're still not getting invited.
3: My coworker felt really bad because she got invited to an EX raid, and her daughter did not, even though they play together and do all the same things.
0: Yep, this
1: is why I, having children is a terrible idea.
0: I met uh, a dad at the. <laughs> I met the dad at the Sprint store and at the other Sprint store, and he got invited, and his son did not get invited, and it was a real bummer for his son. The one I did at Mayfair during, May- there was a Sprint Mayfair store. The one that I got invited to during Mayfair, which was still during the beta period, Irene also got invited to that, so that was her first uh invites, although she had to work the day of the invite. Uh, so the other thing, Will, is when you get invited to an EX raid, it is a specific date and time that you have to show up. And what the good thing about that is you know that there will be more than enough people there at the start time to do the raid. Every time I've showed up from you two, there's anywhere between forty to sixty people. The bad thing is you have to show up at that time, otherwise you don't get another chance.
2: <laughs> yeah, so so my problem with this is twofold obviously there's the first issue that you were mentioning that people are you know raiding loads uh, and doing lots of raids in the right places places that have had ex raids before and then there is another ex raid there they've got the gold badge and there's they seem to be doing everything right but they don't get the badge that is one thing that's annoying. It's kind of like the, um, S- Steve, what you were talking about when, you know, catching Pokemon and you, you've got your Pokemon down to one HP, it's asleep and you're throwing, you know, Ultra Balls at it and you're not catching it and you don't know what else you can do. You're doing everything that you're meant to be doing and you're still not getting it. So that, that's the one frustrating thing. The other frustrating thing for me personally, and I know people have different opinions about this, but the annoying thing for me is it's, it's hard to know where to raid now obviously there are places that have had ex raids before and they say that parks are more likely to get ex raids but you're still you're still guessing essentially so you could go and raid at all of the ex all the locations that have had ex raids before and it might be that the ex raid is in a new place that has happened before um and that is frustrating because I guess when you're, when you're catching Pokemon, obviously there's a lot of similarities there. You don't know where Pokemon are going to spawn. But when it's something like an EX raid, it's a little bit more frustrating. I think I'm totally happy with the invite system existing. I think that having some level to get across to get an EX raid makes sense. I think that should probably just be did a raid in the kind of vague area. I, obviously, you can't, you need to define what that means because we still have the issue then of it being unknown exactly what you need to do. But I th- think that doing, just saying this person has done a raid that's close enough to where this is within a close enough time. So I don't know, you set things, say you have to do a raid within, you know, 20 miles of it, within two weeks of it, or something like that. That makes sense. I'm fine with that because I think the point is they don't want just a Mewtwo spawning and either there being no one at it, as as Steve says, you want there to be people at a Mewtwo because they're so rare. And two, you don't want, you know, just a whole bunch of people who wouldn't know how raids work and stuff like that. So, you know that everyone that is involved in a Mewtwo event has done a raid before. They know what they're doing. That makes sense. Um, I think the frustrating thing is just not knowing how to do it. And also you, you have to basically spend, you know, hours and hours raiding all over the place because you have, they think we're not 100% sure, but we think it's, you have to raid less than a week before the EX raid passes go out. Which means that if there are, say, 10 places that have had EX raids in your city, you're one, you're having to raid all 10 of those places each week, which on top of the fact that that's a lot of time, you also then have to pay for extra raid passes because you only get one a day for free. And, oh, it's it's so complicated, I think, is the point.
0: Yeah. It just it, it just sucks for people who do have, like, gold badges at gyms and then pe- they know people that get invites to those gyms and they don't when, like, Niantic has said, like, hey, if you have a gold badge, you're more likely to get invited. And it's like, well, I've had a gold badge and there's been three Mewtwo raids here and I still yeah. haven't gotten invited. And although like I, did, and that's frustrating. I totally get it. Like I have four Mewtwo's, uh because Mewtwo's catch rate, I think, uh is six percent in an EX raid, and just for reference, like Kyogre, Groudon, the legendary beast, they were two percent. Uh I can't remember what was three percent. Was that like I think the birds were three percent? But anyways.
2: One of the one of the beasts was three percent, I think.
0: Oh, okay. Anyways, although, like, so I understand it's frustrating not getting invited, but otherwise, but on the other hand, you have people that are like, oh, I haven't gotten an EX Raid Pass, and you're like, well, when's the last time you did a raid? And they're like, well, I don't do raids, and it was like, well, that's at least your problem there. they are. Yeah. Re- they are rewarding people that are playing the game, it's just... There are a lot of people playing the game a whole lot and they are not getting rewarded and and those are the people that are frustrated. But it is it is keeping out the people that are just like I just want Mewtwo and then I'm going to go back to not playing the game and it's Niantic is trying to prevent that I think in in a sense like they want people to be playing the game at least you know 10 minutes every day which is you know really all you need to do.
2: Yeah and, and I'm not saying that people should be able to get you know a Mewtwo without doing any raids. Absolutely. You know but even doing, you know, a few raids a week. Unless you're doing it in the right place. That's the problem. You know, all the X raids that happen near me either happen in a different city from where I work, so I have to explicitly go there in the evenings or whatever, or they happen on the other side of the city that I work. So for me it's a, a journey either before, after or at lunchtime. And and that's a lot of time to take out every day to do it.
0: Well on the plus side, out of everything Neantic has done, I think community Day was pretty successful,
2: yeah, and I just want to add one thing to that that I forgot in my little bit is that when I was out at the park uh catching all my uh watery Pikachus they there were a lot of people, and it wasn't just like one group of people who have all organized to meet up. there were you know a good twenty couples of people walking around um you know in the in in you know, three inches of snow, people were walking around very clearly playing Pokemon, which I've not seen for quite a while. You know, it, we saw it right at the beginning and may have seen it a little bit around Gen 2 release. But apart from that, we've not not seen that amount of people.
0: It's amazing how just a simple event got people up and out. Yeah, and I, th- I thought it was great. I walked away with two shiny Pikachu, so I was very excited. Uh, I think m- I was I was playing with Mike. I uh, I think he walked away with five or six shiny Pikachu. That's yeah, just... but
1: you have incredible shiny, catchy, luck. catching luck. <laughs> right? we've, we've all seen this on Twitch. I don't know about that. To, uh, 20 calls. Oh, uh, got my shiny. <laughs> now what am I going to do for the rest of the night? I mean, I do have the shiny charm.
3: I mean, I've had a shiny time for years, and you're well on your way to catching up to me. <laughs> <so>. <laughs>
0: it's, it's from like 20 years of never getting a shiny. It's all, it's all coming you're... back real fast.
3: You're just like catching four or five a day. And I'm like, the most exciting day of my life was the day that I got my first shiny ever. And I happened to catch two within like half an hour. <laughs> and then it's like, that's it. That's it. And I thought I was lucky.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I had two. What was it this last week? I had two days where I caught four each. Oh, jeez.
3: It was ridiculous in a good way. I mean, it was great. But also like, I'm kind of a little bit jealous. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, <laughs> I have no good transition from this. Let's talk about Pokin. That's still a thing. Oh. <laughs> Did uh, just
1: groan?
2: Well, we're talking about the DLC, yeah.
0: Uh, well, first we're going to be talking about the tournament.
2: All oh, right, okay. Sorry, I'll, I'll get back in my box.
0: Okay. Just wake uh, me up
2: when the DLC comes. I have opinions.
0: All right, I will. <laughs> uh, so the 2018 Poking Tournament Championship Series announced... Uh, the events for the Pokémon tournament DX which is the Switch version championship series this year have been announced. Players who place can qualify for the 2018 World Championships in August in Nashville, Tennessee where they will face opponents against they will f- face against players from Japan and competitors from the last chance qualifier. A prize pool of $20,000 will be given to the win- winning competitors. There will be two age divisions for all competitors: Masters division, which are people born 2002 or earlier, or and the Seniors division, which is 2003 or later. Players who qualify for the World Championships by playing highly, placing highly in either a series of events or last chance qualifier at Worlds. A maximum of 256 competitors will be able to compete at each. Of the masters and senior divisions in the last chance qualifiers, two qualifying masters and one seniors will proceed to the event. Oh, that, that's interesting. They're capping, uh, the LCQ. Okay. That's, that's fine. We don't, we don't need to debate what the, how to get into that or what that is, but two of the people from the last chance qualifier will move on in masters. One from senior will move on to the main event. A total of 16 masters and eight senior division players will qualify for the world championships, two masters invited, two masters, one senior from Oceana, four masters and two seniors from uh, North America, and four masters and two seniors from the Sheffield Regional Championships. I think that that's probably Europe. Uh, the remainder of the invitations will be rewarded to players from Japan and via the last chance qualifiers. Players must use. Must use the Hori wired controller or a fight stick. What? What if what, what they. What's a Hori wired controller? It's like the official Pokin controller. It has like oversized L and R buttons. And they. Hold I- on a sec.
3: Are you telling me <laughs> that they have a requirement for you to not use the controllers of the
0: system? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> you are not allowed to use the switch pro <laughs> controller i can't use my joy cons you can't <laughs> use your joy cons you what? must use the 35 dollars extra wired controller and or a fight stick okay gross
1: so i can't even use oh i'm just Wow, looking I at say, this controller is
0: <laughs> I will say the Ooh. Hori wired controller is really great for pokin because it is designed for pokin, but it is all like if you're a kid trying to get good at pokin and your mom doesn't want to spend the $35 on a controller that only really works for pokin, that is I don't know, I don't know what the transition maybe you can learn quickly if it whatever. Okay, that's a weird rule. The Oceania International Championships will take place in Sydney, Australia on February 9th through 11th. The North America International Championships uh, do not have a date. The, the, the Sharefield Regional Championships uh, do take place in the UK from June 16th through 17th. Last Chance Qualifier, no date. Pokemon World Championship, no date. If you come in first place for Pokemon. You will win $1,250. If you come in second place, you will win $1,000. Oh, I'm sorry. These are regional and international championship events. This will be your prize money plus the invite to Worlds. Third place, $750 plus the World Invitation. Fourth place, $600 World Invitation. Fifth place, $450, no invite. Seventh place, $250, no invite. So 7th and 8th place, and then 5th and 6th place. If you are a senior, you will win a Nintendo Switch console, plus 72 Pokemon trading card game booster packs, and a world invite. (laughs) All right. Uh, If you're second place, you will win a Nintendo Switch Pro controller. Hope you have a Switch to play that with. Uh, You will also win 36 trading card booster packs and a world invite. And if you come in third place, you will get 36 Pokemon trading card booster packs.
2: So, so wait, so this is the prizes for a Pokemon tournament yes. championship? Yes. Right. So, first of all, of course, they'll have a Switch. It's played on the <laughs> Switch, right? Secondly, why is the first place for winning in a Switch game a Switch?
0: That's how uh that's prior to them doing prize money they would they were to award a lot of first prize people for the video game ADS for a very very just, long like,
2: time it, yep. but, but not only that right so congratulations on winning in this game here's a console you already have but also <laughs> here's something that's completely unrelated in pokemon cards like that's I how they get you the- though they get you in <laughs> <laughs> so the first one's free no that like <laughs> i'm not saying i wouldn't be happy with either of these they just seem like really weird prizes for winning at
1: pokken tournament so the problem is that the seniors are 14 years old or younger um so you you don't want to really give them money that that just kind of causes tax and other weird problems or their parents so, to deal with tax yeah um so give them something that, you know, has a nominative monetary value, but that that can just, you know, open all the packs, find the good picks and sell them themselves. And then that takes Nintendo out of the
0: tax consideration. I know a lot of people, though, even uh, so, like if you win a TCG tournament, uh, you wouldn't believe, but your prize is more Pokemon card packs.
2: Yes, it is. <laughs> But that makes more sense. It to does, me, right? It's still, a, it's still a bit weird because realistically, you have all the cards you need for this this tournament, right? They're not going to be ones that are going to be helpful in two years' time, anyway, right? But what, you know, give them eShop vouchers, right? That's something that is never going to be unuseful. They have a switch. They clearly that's, like that's playing still considered games.
1: currency. Really? Yeah.
0: At least no, in America. <laughs> but I think the, I think the the funny thing about the like. TCG players winning booster packs is I don't know anyone who's one who didn't go on and sell their cards without opening them just sell the booster packs straight as because like you said, Al most of the people winning those tournaments they have every card they need and every card they'll need going forward for the future tournaments, so for them, there's really no reason to open the packs, so they just sell it to get cash because they want the cash more i really, really enjoy opening packs, so i i would be would probably be a bad candidate because r- realistically I should sell the packs, but I like opening packs too much that I probably wouldn't
1: yeah that's that's a problem I have too the the pack opening high, and I'm like I could literally save money just buying single cards, but nope <laughs> I want to rip open a pack and see if I can get a special extra foily one uh but my recommendation and, you know when I've been thinking about this because obviously I play More trading card games than any person my age should. Is that what they should do? Is they should time it out so that winners of these, like, especially like worlds and regionals, get sets from the upcoming, you know, get boxes of the upcoming set, not the set that is just most recently out. Because then that makes it special. Yeah. That makes it something that they want, that they would want to keep because nobody has access to those cards yet. Oh, you won a tournament, you get access to those cards. You can't play them. Yeah, but you at least have access to them
0: before anybody else.
2: That and crucially, cool. it's not something you already have. Like you physically can't already have them.
0: Yeah. World Championships. If you do make it to the World Championships again, this is just for Pokin. First place, you're winning six thousand dollars. Second place, four thousand. Third place, three thousand. Fourth place, two thousand. Fifth and sixth place, one thousand five hundred. And seventh and eighth place, one thousand this is where they change it up, and I think they change this to money for seniors only because they only have to deal with three people individually for tax purposes, but senior division first place, three thousand dollars Pokemon visa prepaid card, second place one thousand five hundred Pokemon visa, third place five hundred dollars Pokemon visa. So, well, going back to Al and saying, like, why don't you give people money or eShop? The, the one, the one through third place are for what? Four different countries, Australia, UK, North America, and Japan. Whereas now all of these people, if you're, if you're going to the world championships, you're going to be in Nashville and they only have to deal with three people specifically for tax purposes instead of like, 15, 12, 15 people internationally for tax purposes. I don't know. I don't know what the justification is, but there are your prizes.
1: Well, yeah, and you do the Visa prepaid card because then you don't have to worry about currency conversion or anything like that. You know, Visa just takes care of that on the back
3: end. What makes it a Pokemon visa prepaid card <laughs> like are there
0: pokemon on it i think there's just like pokemon do you get a fancy design
2: yeah i think it's just you can only buy pokemon stuff with it
0: well in japan you can get a pokemon <laughs> credit card from japan gets all the good stuff From visa yeah they do get all the good stuff let's move on to the dlc for pokken uh which oh. is aegislash and blastoise to be announced as playable characters in Pokin tournament dx as part of as an upcoming paid dlc the DLC will be sold in a battle pack, which features two waves of DLC. The first wave will be available January 31st and will feature the technical style battle Pokemon Aegislash and its new support Pokemon, including Mega Rayquaza and Mimikyu. The second wave will be available uh, from March 23rd, 2018, and will feature the new battle Pokemon Blastoise and the new support set, including Mew and Celebi. The battle pack will also include avatars and other unspecified content. Nothing like paying $15 for something you don't know what you're getting. The battle pack will be uh, available for purchase, although content will not be available until the dates that I listed. It will cost $15 in the United States and 1,800 yen in Japan. This DLC is only for the Nintendo Switch and Pokémon Tournament DX. It will not be available for the Wii U game, of course, uh, that was dead when it already got announced. Uh, details have been announced for the arcade version. Um, but there's no specifics here on the Bulbo news page that I'm reading this. So I don't know about you guys, but, uh, when this DLC got announced, both Micah and our friend Kay immediately bought Pokin from the eShop on their Nintendo Switch. So I. Yeah, they did. I don't know. I know what Pokin was. It didn't change from when it moved to the Wii U to the Switch. It is still a fighting game. It is still not for me. I get that people like it, but even if there were two Pokemon I really, really liked, I still don't think it would be enough for me to spend sixty dollars on that game. Maybe if that game was like forty dollars or thirty dollars, maybe. But I don't. I'm not paying sixty dollars for that.
1: Plus fifteen Wait, more. Is dollars. there a cost for the DLC? 15. Is it fifteen dollars
0: yes. per yeah. DLC?
2: No, you get it's both. fifteen dollars for all of it. All
1: but right. right, okay. Now
2: this is the thing that really gets me. Okay. 15 quid, right, for two playable characters in a game that is all about playable characters. Now, right, sure, blah, 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 they've got some other stuff for your avatars. That's great, right? No one actually cares about that, right? The vast majority, <laughs> you don't really even see your avatar in the game. Nobody cares about that, right? So 15 quid for two playable characters. And not only that, but they have the gall to call these waves. Right, it's a wave with one character in each. It's not a wave,
1: right? (laughs) Well, technically, it's It's, three characters in each because you have the two support characters
2: that come. But they're they're but they're not they're not independent from the character, and you can't you don't play them. They just happen to appear occasionally, right? It is not you pick them. You pick who your
1: support characters are going to be. I think
2: yeah, but you don't you you don't only pick them. As my point, like you don't say, oh, hey, I want to play as Mimikyu, right you can't do that right yeah you can have it along as an extra help i don't think it counts at all right you're essentially paying 15 quid for two characters
0: you could pick though blaziken and then add on like celebi and mew right i think you can mix and match the yep. yeah yeah definitely i think you
2: have unless it was different in the, in the maybe the demo was different i don't know but the demo only had like two options per each character that you played
0: yeah, well, one. So I think the, the full game has the full game has any support characters, so you can mit- mix and match. Like, oh, I want Blaziken, but I want to use Mew and Celebi because they're new. Um, Having said that, still, you're essentially it's only two playable characters, right?
2: And it, the game is entirely about the playable characters. I just think this is, Oh, I think it's ridiculous. Fifteen quid, <laughs> for two characters.
0: So, Street Fighter. This is on the PlayStation Store. Street Fighter Season One Character Pass contains six characters. For ten dollars. Season two character pass, twenty dollars. I don't know why it's twenty dollars. Thirty bucks gets you uh twelve characters in Street Fighter World.
2: That that's that's a season right, so season one, six characters, yeah that's a season, right. One character, that's not a wave. That's all I'm saying.
0: So Tekken Tekken for Eliza Eliza is five dollars for one character. So Pokin is seven fifty for one character.
3: So what I'm hearing is that all of these prices are chaos and you have to pay for, pay more for more characters. <laughs> Good luck figuring how much for what?
1: Uh, probably that pricing if a Tekken character is $5 and a Pokin character is 7 50 Probably a bit of supply and demand because the market for Tekken is probably an order of magnitude larger than the market for Pokken. So in order to recover their development costs they they can charge a lower overhead on Tekken characters because they're just going to make so much more off of it than they will off even the best selling pokin character
0: right. I also assume that like because there are more companies involved, the price goes up, so for example, with Tekken i I'm the, I 'm I'm, I'm probably not right at all, but this is just an example with Tekken you 're splitting it between the Tekken team and Banco Namco N- Bandai Namco. <laughs> With with Pokken, you're probably splitting it between, let's just say, the Tekken team, Bandai, Namco, and the Pokemon company. So you're splitting it more ways. So you have to increase the price in order to split that properly. Otherwise, somebody's getting shortchanged.
2: But, I mean, there's also a thing in that if you, quite often with, with video games, if you lower the price, you increase the sales. Because most people have a set amount of money that they're going to spend on games. They don't.
1: Yeah, only. but that doesn't really apply for DLC, because you're already constrained by the people who have made the original purchase, and now you're going to have a smaller set of people getting the uh, DLC.
2: Having said that, it does encourage people to buy the game more. Like Steve has already talked about two people that are now going to buy the game because
1: of this DLC. Oh,
2: they
0: bought oh, it. <laughs> Kay, and,
1: Kay and Micah are, are not your average video game player, and I they were under they, the sway of PAX South.
0: It still were. happens, though. <laughs> yeah it still happens i yeah I mean like if you are if you are still playing Pokemon to this day, pokemon has been out for what like two, three months now,
2: June or July, I think d x came out
0: in the summer it did all right, well, yeah, I think so, obviously I didn't buy it so um, but <laughs> if you're still playing Pokemon to this date, what is fifteen dollars at this point, right? I mean, if you're still playing it after all these months, fifteen more dollars for two new characters for a game you clearly love, it came out in September. What is $15 after like six months of playing a game you love? It's probably nothing. Enjoy your uh, Aegislash and your Blastoise. No Halucha. That's the real bummer.
3: They're really missing out on that one. <laughs> they could, I'm sure there's people who would buy the game just for Halucha.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, we got two more news articles, and they're uh, probably a little bit more than the last two. Maybe not. But uh, we've been going for too long. This podcast is always way too long. Uh, we'll take a quick break, <laughs> and then we'll come back, and we're going to talk about Detective Pikachu and uh, the new yearly promotion that is happening for the video games. So we will be right back. Uh, and we're just going to, you know, you know, set the burners, the, the, the back burners on the stove. We're going to put it on low. We're going to put our soup back there. Put our soup back there put our
1: soup back there Here, here's my opinion i don't think there is a single idiomatic expression in the entire english language that steve can't get wrong
0: well you didn't like my stove analogy we're gonna put our soup back there put our soup back there put our soup back there Here, here's my opinion we're gonna put our soup back there put our soup back there put our And we are back from our break. We got two more news stories. So much news. It was funny because like two weeks ago, I was like, we have no news, which is true. And now we have all the news.
3: They were just saving it for you.
0: Yeah. I, well, like Pokemon and Nintendo always takes like the last week of the year and the first week of the year off. So it's always like two weeks of nothing. And then all this stuff comes at once. Let's talk about this bit of news. Detective Pikachu is heading to the West. And getting yes. his own Amiibo. The Pokemon Company is bringing Detective Pikachu to the West. The Nintendo 3DS exclusive will launch in the US and Europe on March 23rd. This will mark the first English rela- language release of Detective Pikachu, which originally launched in Japan of w- in winter of 2016. It makes sense to bring the game over, when, uh, when, which stars a talking Pikachu and its preteen human sidekick as they help out Pokemon in need. Uh stateside right now, a live adap- live action movie adaption of the game is currently in production with Ryan Ryan Reynolds to be the star of Pikachu. Reynolds will not be voicing Pikachu in the game, however, based uh on the subtitle trailer above. Oh yeah, so like Pikachu has like this gruff voice. Best of all, this is our chance of getting a supersized detective Pikachu Amiibo. Which I only have uh metric sizes. No, no, this no, I, I don't. It, I have the best I have, sizes. it is
3: almost half a foot tall.
0: Uh there's a trailer. The trailer I thought was pretty good of getting people excited. That this,
1: trailer is really, really good.
0: This is to us now uh well over a year old game. I think there's three parts of the game and Japan just got part two pretty recently. I'm not sure when the date was, but Japan doesn't even have part three yet. I don't know. Are you guys excited for this?
1: I mean, I'm excited to play it. It's going to be fun, even if it's not the most challenging of games out there. It's just exciting to finally have it.
3: it looks not all kind games of have fun. to be
2: challenging. Sorry.
3: No, you're right. Not all games have to be challenging. Sometimes you just want to play a fun, silly game about a talking Pikachu. This sounds great. I'm
0: very excited. Did uh, did any of you guys play like the Professor Layton games? No. (laughs) tunes. I guess not. All right. Never mind. It was like Detective Pikachu reminds me of that where it's the professor and the little boy of, in in this case, it's the little boy and Pikachu of there's this overall narrative that we have to try to uncover and figure out. And on the way there, there's like these little things of like, little little situations of helping, like, a mom get something or helping a store owner, you know, fix a problem. uh. But it's like a puzzle game all the way up, slowly uncovering the overall... I don't know what the overall issue in Detective Pikachu is. I don't know if it's, like, a murder or, like, something got stolen or Why somebody... I certainly
1: hope not.
0: I saw some part of the gameplay, and there's, like, blood in the game for a Pokemon no. that died.
1: no. <laughs> Incorrect, and that was even mentioned in the trailer. Shame on you. It's
0: catch uh, I mean, up. Okay, well, if you have no frame of reference and you see a Pokemon that looks dead and there's a bunch of red stuff on the ground,
1: you say catch up.
0: You can say catch up, but kids are not dumb. They know that somebody got murdered. Look, you don't
1: know all the kids in the world. There's some dumb kids out there.
0: <laughs> I mean, Nintendo could try to cover it up with ketchup, but it was very early on the beginning of the game, and I don't think it was overall like the main story beat. I'm just saying that there are like usually in these kind of games, because I'm assuming that this is just like Professor Layton, and there are a million Professor Layton games that it's just set up in that structure of crime game. Take your ketchup somewhere else. <coughs>
3: I think it looks really cute and I'm very excited.
2: I am also looking forward to playing it, but I'm most excited about the e- Amiibo. I own one Amiibo, right? I I like the idea of them, but I'm not massively interested in buying them. But I want to buy this one. This one looks so good and it being big, I think, is a great thing. I I just want to buy it, stick it on my desk, have it staring at me. It's going to be great. Might even take it to work. That'd be exciting. So forty quid. It I'm just sure. went
3: up. It just went up on a pr- uh, pre order okay. on Best Buy recently in the last day or two, and it was thirty dollars. Okay.
1: Does Detective Detective Pikachu wears a deerstalker, Right. Yes. Yeah. All right. Do you think sales of deerstalkers are going to go up? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: Do, did they, uh, Rochelle, <laughs> with, with with the price, did they mention what the Amiibo does?
3: It was just like a Best Buy product page of, the, pre-order this, let me pull it up.
2: I'm assuming what you mean by that is, does it do anything in the game? Right. Because on its own, it does nothing, it just sits there. Loops so, off. so
1: the real question is, nobody cares about what it does for the game Depe- <laughs> Detective Pikachu. <laughs> the question is, do you get a Detective Pikachu villager in Animal Crossing, if you put the Amiibo on... That's the
3: real issue, I will that say. That
1: is the question. Or Detective Picchu and Mario Kart, that would be good.
3: Okay, but Animal Crossing is more important than Mario Kart.
2: Never Some... played Animal Crossing.
1: You, you don't you're... know, Joy, obviously. Animal...
3: Animal Crossing New Leaf, in my humble opinion, is literally the best game on the Nintendo 3DS. So, you're missing out.
2: I will buy um an animal crossing game when it comes out on switch
3: would you like to hear yeah we all will that's a system seller because animal crossing is amazing
2: the switch is definitely my console of trying out games that everyone loves but i've
0: never tried before
3: okay you want this synopsis i guess it literally says synopsis i don't know why they chose that word
0: i'm on best Um, buy too and i have synopsis i'm i'm looking at the game page but give me give me the amiibo details
3: by tapping the extra large Detective Mi- <laughs> Detective Mini-Q. Detective Pikachu Amiibo <laughs> trademark figure figure while playing the Detective Pikachu trademark game, you will be able to view all the Pika prompts you've seen or might have missed from the characters, or you've already cleared. Experience over 150 animated short movie clips of Detective Pikachu providing helpful hints or talking up a storm. This item cannot be returned or refunded.
0: Why? It's just a toy. Let me return it if I don't like it. Uh.
3: (laughs) So there you go. I guess it'll let you rewatch your hints for those of us who don't write things down in notebooks while they play games.
0: All right, well, this is also from BestBuy.com, not a sponsor of the show. This says that you can crack the case with this new detective adventure game by interacting with a unique, fully-voiced Pikachu. As Tim Goodman, you'll partner with a (laughs) self-proclaimed great detective Pikachu to solve strange occurrences all over Rhyme City. R-Y-M-E. Together, you must investigate, take notes, and meet with other Pokemon and travel to unravel the city's greatest mysteries. Tim is in search for his missing father in Rhyme City, but instead encounters a witty, tough-talking Pikachu. Like I said, the murder that happens before has nothing to do with the overall story. Investigate crime scenes, gather testimonies, uncover information, and interact with Pokemon to solve cases. This is exactly like Professor Layton. Uh, You'll have to put your detectives, uh, and I like the Professor Layton games. That's not a knock. I really, I, I think they're really awesome games. You'll have to put your detective skills to the test to foil the mastermind behind the disturbances in Rhyme City. All the day's work for Detective Pikachu. Experience over 150 animated cutscenes of fun and witty talking Pikachu. Investigate the scene. Take notes. Crack the case. For one player. His name is Tim <laughs> Tim Goodman. <laughs>
1: there is nothing wrong with that name. That's a fine name.
0: No, I love it. Is it's there so a reference
1: great. I'm not getting here? I don't
2: know. It's the not humor. a reference.
0: It's, it's just a, funny okay. to it's call him Goodman. Very okay. generic name. It's just, Tim it's Goodman. It's so that we
3: know who the good guy is. And I love it. It's hilarious.
0: It is rated E for everyone. Uh, it has cartoon violence and comic mischief.
3: At least it doesn't have serious mischief. That's where I would draw the line. Only comic.
0: Uh, it only plays in 2D. No 3D in this game, by the way.
1: No surprise because nobody there liked either. the 3D anyway. Speak for yourself, sir.
0: <laughs> I'm excited for this game. Although, like, do you find the dad at the end? Is it a cliffhanger? There's, like, I'm, we all know that there's a second game that continues the story. It's a, it's a three-part game. Yeah, like, what... <laughs>
3: No one knows. You're going to have to play the game to find
0: out.
1: Question is, can I reset for a shiny Detective Pikachu? Uh,
0: I don't think, I think Pikachu owns you. I don't think you own the Pikachu. Oh, wow. So the question is, can you reset for a shiny Tim Goodman?
1: (laughs) Important question.
0: The Only the most important questions asked on this show. All right, we got one more news article. I'm very excited for this game. I'm sure we'll get more details as we get closer to March 23rd. Mark your calendar.
2: My son's birthday, by the way. Oh, so, nice. There you go. Well, birthday. Get Detective you I have now Pikachu stolen his, his identity. One am sure he's going to get a Detective Pikachu. A bobo. Mobi- um. <laughs> Amiibo? Amiibo.
0: A Mimikyu.
3: A Amiibo.
2: Can I can. Yeah, I just love the idea of a Detective Mimikyu, by the way, as a spinoff. Just, I like the idea of Mimikyu looking at Detective Pikachu and going, oh no, I can do better than him.
0: <laughs> wait, I wait, mean... hold on. This game's not going to have any Gen 7 Pokemon, right? Wait, yeah, Will. Will it? Will it? We don't know. We don't Mar- know. We'll find out. March... You'll have to play the game to find out, You'll Steve. have to play the game. You'll have to. December of 2016. It should have Gen 7 Pokemon. All right. Uh Last bit of news here. A year of legendary Pokemon. In celebration of the amazing power of legendary Pokemon, look forward to opportunities to obtain these magnificent Pokemon over the course of the year. Every one of the Pokemon you'll get for Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, Sun, or Moon games will at least be level 60 and will know awesome moves to help you dominate in battle. Plus, they may be holding a valuable golden bottle cap to let you maximize an individual strength of one of your Pokemon via hyper training. Have fun collecting and battling with this Pokemon all year long. This month, which I don't know why it says that, because it is next month, but it says this month you can get Dialga and Palkia from GameStop from February 2nd to February 28th. These will be... Oh, okay, so these have really different... Not really different, but anyways... Uh, I'll I'll just read it. The legendary duo of Palkia and Dialga leads the year-long parade of... I like that word, parade, of legendary Pokemon. Palkia and Dialga will be available at participating GameStop stores starting February 2nd to, to February 28th. Visit GameStop to receive a code to get Palkia in your Pokemon Ultra Sun or Ultra... or Sun games. Or Dialga... In your Ultra Moon or Moon games. Be sure to redeem the code by May 23rd. So, this is important because if you have Moon, or so so they pitch this as you can get either or, but it's obviously clear that if you have Ultra Sun, you will be getting Palkia because you already can get the other one. So, obviously, if you get both, then you can get Garrattina and the wormholes. This all makes sense.
3: Oh, okay. I had a moment where I was like, you mean I have to have all the games to get all the legendaries? And then I remembered that you can get legendary Pokemon in the wormholes.
0: Yes. So, so they're
3: giving you the ones that you don't get in your version of the wormhole.
0: Correct. And then be- so like you can get Entei in one game and Raikou, in the other. But because of this distribution, you'll be able to get both. And be once you have both in your game, it will unlock Suicune in the wormhole. I believe. I love that. I believe this unlocks uh, Garatina.
3: Yeah. I love that they're giving you the one that you can't get in your game. Just It's really cool. I was going to say, like, just eliminate that human interaction. But I meant <laughs> it in a good way, but there's no way to make that sound in a good way. Well, it does. It,
2: I think what yeah, what you're meaning is that it the whole idea around giving you one uh, of a pair is to encourage you to trade with other people. But they know that not everyone can. And so this is your chance if you don't have anyone to be able to trade with then you can get it yourself so exactly loners can have all the pokemon as well
0: i want to i want to make this real clear at the start of this year of the start of 2018 because we're going to have about 10 months of this so i just want to be real clear if gamestop does not have code cards they can any gamestop can Print you out a code on a receipt. There's no reason for you to walk out of a GameStop empty-handed because they ran out of code cards. There's no fee for this. You don't need to pre-order a game. You don't need to do a special dance for them. If they do not have code cards, just ask them to print it on a receipt. They can do it. They've been doing it for years. There's not a single Pokemon promotion that they haven't been able to print out a receipt. If they didn't do this, Pokemon would probably not partner with them, so please do not leave uh, your GameStop without your code, whether it is on cardboard or it is on paper. I just want to make that clear. Very good. The, there is a difference between Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, Sun, and Moon. Obviously, they're different uh, things in outer space. We know that, but in uh, Ultra Sun, your Palkia will be level 100. And if you redeem it in just normal sun, it will be level 60. They will know different moves as well. In Ultra Sun, it will know spa- Spatial Rend, Aurora Sphere, Draco Meteor, and Hydro Pump. And then in Sun, it will know Aura Sphere, Aqua Tail, Special Rend, and Hydro Pump.
3: Is, help me out here. Is one of those movesets significantly better than the other?
0: I uh, don't know. Hmm.
2: I'm pretty sure it also said that if you're doing it in the ultras, you get a gold bottle cap, whereas if you do it in Sun and Moon, you don't.
0: But I mean, if you already own, if you own Ultra Sun and Ultra and, and and Sun for Palkia, for example, I'm just using Palkia because it's easier for me to say, you should just walk out with two code cards, right? So you can redeem one in both games you own? Yeah. Agreed.
3: Most GameStops, I know, I don't know about you guys, but I will actually, I'll go in and they'll actually ask me how many games I have and give me that many codes.
0: Yeah, I've had GameStops that are like one code per person, but I don't, no. I don't go to those GameStops anymore.
3: No, no, <laughs> don't. Because that's silly. Like, first of all, they're trying to make it sound like they have to ration them. They don't have to ration them. Back to what Steve was saying. Like, last time I went to get a code from GameStop, they're like, I was going to give you three, but I accidentally printed out five. Here's five. <laughs> like, they, can, they have unlimited numbers. Again, yes. reinforce this. Don't, don't believe their lies.
0: This is the year of not believing GameStop lies. Get your legendary Pokemon. I, I just had this vision
1: of the next time they do a Hoopa distribution, Rochelle's going to walk into GameStop and say, I brought my own register tape. Just fill it.
0: <laughs> just keep printing. Keep, I just, keep printing those codes.
3: I hope it's something like that, honestly, because the last time I had to sit for a whole day in a McDonald's listening to children scream in a playpen, it was not ideal. So,
0: so in March you're gonna have a, ch- you're gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna say have a choice. It depends on what game you have. Uh you'll figure it out. Obviously, if you get Reg I think Regigigas is in Sun, so you will be getting Heatran. So March is Heatran and Regigigas. In April it is Raikou and Enta- Entei. In May it is Xerneas and Ivitar. In June you're gonna get yourself a shiny Zygarde. Shiny Zygarde. In oh. July. The first time
2: we've had we, the shiny Zargon. We can it's finally Zygar.
3: complete the set because a while back they released the shiny um, Xerneas and Evital, so did they? we can finally complete
0: the trio. Yeah. Oh, did heck not, yeah. Did I not get those? Maybe I did. It's the one oh, that looks no, like a bacon because it's yeah, white I and red. know what it looks it's, like. That's where Bacon if, Bird comes from. I don't know if I got it.
2: The trainer, the trainer ID on those ones was X, Y, and Z.
3: Yes. I have a spare if you would like,
0: Steve. I'm, I might. I'll, I'll have to check my Pokemon bank. It is, my Pokemon bank's a disaster right now, so <laughs> it's worse than my- Let me
3: know, because I have a couple spare sets. It's this a... is- trading, trading mythicals is my is my
0: jam. <laughs> in July, it is Tornadus or Thundurus, and of course, when you have both, that'll summon Landorus. Uh, in August is Groudon and Kyogre, or as somebody at a Pokemon Go raid called it, Cogre which I thought was really funny. <laughs> That's really cute. In September, it was La- it's Latios and Latias. When you get both of those, it summons Ash, so he can give them a kiss. Would you stop? Uh, <laughs> oh,
1: man, you can never let it get by.
0: In oh. October, it is Reshiram and Zekrom. Summons Kyrium, of course. In no, no, it
1: summons Will Anderson, is what that summons.
0: <laughs> In November, it summons Ho-Oh and Lugia. I don't know why I started saying summons, but uh, there you go. There's all the distributions. There's none for January. There's none for December.
3: Wait, 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 wait. There's none for December.
0: There's none for December. So people are thinking that a new Pokemon game will come out in December because there is none. Uh, I think that is just, I think that is just better
3: because now I'm really disappointed that they're like, Rochelle doesn't get any fancy Pokemon for her birthday. Ugh. December will be Hoopa. Oh my gosh. It won't happen, but I would be so happy.
0: Yeah, so that, I think it's cool. I think it's cool that they're doing this. Keeps Pokemon on the radar at least once a month for people. Of like, oh, I stopped playing Pokemon, but hey, I want to get this distribution. I'm gonna go to GameStop. It gets people playing the game honestly, because you know if you're powering up your game to redeem yourself a Koger, then you might actually put a couple more hours into the game, and that those couple more hours might lead to you playing the game more. And they're doing that pretty much every single month. So I think it is a really good way to keep Pokemon players coming back. Uh, It at least gives us news to talk about every single month. So that's good. It's Kyogre. I know it's Kyogre. I'm just saying. I
3: love this. I think this is a great idea. I'm very proud of
0: them. Good job, guys. I I think so, too. Also, uh, I missed the memo, but I didn't know that officially that Type Null and Silvalli were legendary. But they are, I guess. So they're one of two po- legendary Pokemon that evolve, the other being Cosmog.
3: Do they have the, because, okay, so in the Alola Pokedex, the legendaries and mythicals have different pages when you enter them into the Pokedex, like they're sparkly and magical. okay. Did they have that? Uh, I, I think they did. I don't know. It's been a long time.
2: Well, it's, it's programmed into the game as a legendary, so I would assume so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so
3: I'm pretty other, sure the they other, did. But I don't think they ever like explicitly pointed it out. They're just like, it has a sparkly page, so it's right, legendary. Right.
2: Yeah, it never it never said in game other than programmed into the code that it was a legendary. This is the first time we've had officially outside of um, you know, looking at the code that they are legendary. The other interesting thing, um and this contradicts the code in the games is that the website says the Ultra Beasts or it doesn't say in these words, but it says that the Ultra Beasts aren't legendaries.
0: Correct. So Ultra Beasts are but, their own thing like baby Pokemon.
2: But the games program them as legendaries.
0: Oh, I see. So
2: that's interesting.
0: You you know the code stuff, Al, which I appreciate. So, the, uh, so some people were like, I can't believe you didn't know Type Null and Savali are legendary. The only reason I didn't jump to the conclusion that they're legendary, obviously this Pokemon's announcement here with the year of legendary confirms it is the only reason I didn't want to jump to that conclusion is because when generation what game is Rotom in four
1: three Ooh, I don't want to make that mistake I want to say four but that could be wrong
0: uh, anyways when Rotom came out it is classified in the game code as a legendary Pokemon but obviously clearly according to the page of all these legendary Pokemon Rotom is not a legendary But even Gen 4. Gen 4, yeah. But it is programmed in the game as a legendary. Not that you ever see that it's legendary or anything. I'm not sure what happened there. Obviously, things in Pokemon can change. Uh, Rotom's not a legendary at the end of the day. But in Generation 4, I'm pretty sure it's classified as a legendary in the game code. So, you know, most people wouldn't see it uh, unless they're Al and they understand code. (laughs) That's the, that's the only reason I did not want to jump to the conclusion that Type Null and Silvali were legendary, because I just maybe thought it was a ga- only, game code only kind of thing, but uh, they are. So,
2: so as far as I can see, just did a quick check, I think the the Rotom thing was that in Diamond and Pearl, when you encountered Rotom, the specific music that played was a legendary Was only for legendary Pokemon? Yes. I don't think it was specifically coded in as a legendary Pokemon. Because that's, I I think that's quite a new thing, having that in the code. Other than for things like music and stuff like that. Yeah. And the other thing is that these are just arbitrary collections. Like In many cases, it doesn't actually make any difference.
0: (laughs) They're all Pokemon at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. But I mean if you were if you were confused of what were and were not legendary pokemon, I think this uh I think this does a real good job at letting you know that these are the legendary pokemon. I don't think there are any mistakes here. Uh I know there was debate that Cosmog and Solgaleo, Lunala and Cosmoem would be Ultra Beast because they definitely mention in Ultra Sun that they like oh, Cosmog's like an Ultra Beast. Or I think one of the journals say that. But pokemon is confirming that it is not an ultra beast because ultra beasts are not on this page that this line is legendary
2: so i mean there's nothing to say that it couldn't be both i think i mean it depends how you're defining these things but
3: yeah, yeah i think what it is is that in terms of code it's a legendary in in terms of distribution it's a legendary but within the like mythos of the world it's both because it definitely they definitely do talk about how Cosmog is an ultra beast and comes from weird places, obviously they have to be common that's why.
0: I don't yeah, I mean, I don't know I mean Pokemon <laughs> that's why... it's Pokemon games they can they can call them whatever they want oh well i don't know. I, th-
2: I think the point is that there's disagreement within Pokemon themselves because obviously if Game Freak have them programmed into the game as legendaries, yet the Pokemon the company website is saying they're not legendaries, Ultra Beast, that is not, not, um, uh, Cosmog, et cetera. I wonder. Then if, which is canon?
3: I wonder if that's just like, it has nothing to do with canon or not. I wonder if it's just like them not wanting to make a separate like category for them, if that makes sense. I don't know how programming works, so I don't know if it would be easy or hard or whatnot, but- I would imagine that they probably just don't want to, like, if they have a distinction for legendary or mythical Pokemon that make them different in terms of code from regular Pokemon, I would assume they just don't want to make another one of those for something that they're probably not going to add to in later yeah, generations. I mean, no,
1: you're exactly right. Because if you have an object like that's called legendary and it has a set of attributes and methods and you want to make another object that is exactly the same. Instead of doing that, you just take the first object and apply it to the second set. Without, yeah. Yeah. As <laughs> you save save your coding space, folks.
0: I, I'm my understanding, lore wise, is the characters in the game just don't fully understand Cosmog, and so they just assume it's an Ultra Beast because it can open portals. That's so they they just don't know all the details, obviously, and I'm sure they finally. I I'm mean, gonna
3: pop in here. And say, I am pretty sure that it definitely is because the Ultra Recon Squad has a Solgaleo slash Lunala, depending on your game, that is just theirs. They just have it. They've had it before coming to the world. So obviously, like, it's probably native to their exciting Ultra Wormhole world.
0: But if it Um, is an Ultra Beast, it's the only Ultra Beast. If it is is an Ultra Beast, if... Cosmog is an Ultra Beast. It's literally the only Ultra Beast that doesn't have Beast Boost. Because every it's, Ultra uh, po- too cute. Po- to Poipole does beast not boost. have Beast Boost. Poipole doesn't have it? Nope. Are you sure?
1: Poipole uh, definitely 90%. has it. Uh,
0: I've killed by, I've got killed by Poipole, and it, I feel like it definitely Beast Boosts up. I don't know how to spell Poiple.
1: Poipole. P O I P O L E. Oh, it does have Beast Boost. Wait, somebody doesn't. What about Stack Attacker? It St- uh, definitely has Beast Boost. No, Stack Attacker does, yeah. What about Blasephalon? Definitely
0: has beast It also does.
2: Anyway, I don't I don't think this is massively important. I think the point is that I think we can take what comes from the Pokemon website as the official classification of what a legendary is. If there's some disagreement in the code of the games, but it's never actually really used for anything. I mean, it's it's basically not used for anything. Um then I don't think that matters. I think what counts as canon is what is shown to us, right? And in game there's nothing that says this is a legendary and this isn't.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And so this is the closest thing we have to it and I think that's fine.
0: Alright, we're going to uh, skip emails just because the show's running a little long. We have a bunch of emails stacked up from the last couple weeks, but if you want to add to that stack, you're more than welcome to. Uh, We'll get through all of them, especially I don't know if we're going to get as much Pokemon news as we've gotten these last like 10 days here. Uh, but you can email me at sbj at or you go to pokemonpodcast.com, hit the contact button. That will also send an email. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to Will for Pokemon of the Week.
1: Our Pokemon of the Week this week is Aegislash. Aegislash's body resembles a golden sword with the blade pointing downwards. The edge of the blade is white and somewhat serrated near the tip. Its single eye, which is purple with a white linear pupil, sits where the blade meets the hilt, where it is surrounded by black coloration. The handle is thick at its base, tapers as it, tapers as it progresses to the end, and is striated. Two cloth-like arms emerge from the sides of the hilt. Each arm is primarily black and ends in lavender, transitioned by a slight whorl between the two colors. It carries an ornate shield in at least one of its arms usually the left arm. Aegislash is capable of changing its stance in the middle of battle, depending on what moves it uses. It carries out offensive moves in its blade form, in which it carries its shield in its left arm and exposes its blade, which it uses to slash its opponents. Defensive moves are performed in its shield form, in which it holds its shield up in front of its blade, with both of its arms crossed behind the shield. It is said to be able to detect the innate qualities of leadership, Legend has it that whoever Aegislash recognizes as a worthy leader is destined to become king. Indeed, this Pokemon has attended and served generations of kings. It is also known to use its spectral power to manipulate people and Pokemon alike. Aegislash is the only known Pokemon that can learn king's shield. The origin of Aegislash. Aegislash appears to be based on a possessed sword and shield. Its disposition to sense an owner's potential as leaders and kings seems to draw inspiration from the ideas of mythical swords of European legend, chiefly
0: Excalibur. Al, how much Excalibur merchandise is scattered throughout Europe? I mean, it would
2: all be in England, I think.
0: The swords hanging up in every store.
1: Was King Arthur, did he have domain over Scotland at that time? I'm pretty sure that was way, way
2: before... That So he was just the king of England. Oh, wow. Well. The, well, there you go. The, the crowns of England and Scotland uh, became one in 1607. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was way before that. Was it not even before the thousand or something?
1: Oh, I don't know how old King Arthur was. I only use his flower.
0: <laughs> Some trivia here. Uh, <laughs> shield form Aegislash has the highest special defense of all ghost-type Pokemon. It's tied with dual blade for the highest base defense of all Ghost Pokemon. It's tied with Registeel and Probopass for the highest base special defense of all Steel-type Pokemon. No other Pokemon has the same type combination as Aegislash and its evolutionary relatives. And Aegislash was designed by Hitoshi Ariga. I definitely said that wrong. Which... If you would like to know what this uh, illustrator designed, they designed Mega Beedrill, Alolan Geodude line, Alolan Muk line, Pangoro, but not Pancham, Inke, Malamar, the Aegislash line, the Tyrant, Tyrant line, the Omoros line, the Grubbin line, Minior, Drampa, and helped with Ultra Necrozma which is very interesting. They started in Gen 6, it seems like, as a Pokemon creator. Mega Beedrill is really great, too. Rochelle, do you want to give us some Shiny knowledge here?
3: You bet I do. So, Shiny Aegislash has a black body and gold accents on its arms, and the outside of the blade is red like the blood of your enemies. Oh, nice. yeah. Nice.
1: For the catch up of your enemies, depending.
3: Sorry, yeah, there's no blood in Pokemon. Red like the catch up of your enemies. Perfect.
2: Perfect. Dude, no, no, Pikachu we've, been would
1: be proud. we've been over this. There is blood in
0: Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Zubat, the Zubat line. Yeah. 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 Talks Steve, about that can blood. Can you
1: get me a shiny Aegis slash, please?
0: Uh can you get Honage in uh Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon? I don't think you can, can you?
1: What?
2: Mm. Oh of course you don't like breeding, do you?
0: Uh, I mean, I could breed, but I like no, SOS. That's not
1: shiny hunting.
0: Yeah, it's not the hunt. I like the hunt, Al. I like the, the thrill of the hunt. The thrill of the hunt.
1: <laughs> can you get Honage?
0: I don't think you can. I would have, uh, because I completed my Pokedex, and there was definitely no Honage. Uh, it's not, it's P- not an Island uh, Scan. Uh, Akala Pokemon.
1: Outskirts Island Scan on yeah. Wednesdays. There you go, Island Scan.
0: Uh, island Scan would mean I have to soft reset, and that's not good hunting.
1: No, that's
0: true.
2: You're so fussy right, with I your hunting.
0: I know. I'm a very specific hunter. <laughs> well, I think that will wrap up our show for you guys today. I appreciate you listening. Hopefully, there was enough news to keep you enthralled. Is that a word? Yes. If uh, if you want more Pokemon content, I'm pretty much streaming every single day. A lot of shiny hunting, uh, of course, as Al mentioned. But uh we are really, really, really close to getting partnered on Twitch, uh, which is like, I don't know, it's kind of like getting verified on Twitter or just means that like I could plausibly make Twitch and podcasting full time jobs and I wouldn't have to worry about pl- applying for jobs or unemployment and stuff like that. So if you want to help with that, uh this would be the week to tune on in to Twitch, twitch.tv slash pcam and cast uh, everyone in Slack and just. Podcast listeners have been very nice, coming out, saying hi, hanging out. I think it's a good time. Rochelle is usually there.
3: I'm usually there quietly lurking, watching, waiting.
0: Wait, waiting for the moment. For the
3: perfect moment to strike.
0: In order to get partnership, you need to have an average view count of 75 viewers at all times. And we've been pretty much hitting that uh, for the last couple weeks. I think we just have to do it for about another 7 to 10 days and then we can apply for partnership because we'll have that little checkbox light up, which means you can go ahead and apply. And 9 times out of 10, if that box lights up, you're going to get partnership. They might tell you like, oh, just keep going for another week. But if they tell you that, you're pretty much foots in the door at that point. So uh, if you want to help out with that, uh, just uh, keep up to date with either Slack or Twitter when I go live or on Twitter. Or on Twitch, when you have notifications, that'll tell you. But, uh, I would appreciate you guys coming out, especially when, uh, we're at the home stretch here for partnership. Uh, otherwise, um, if you want to help out in another way, you can leave us a review in iTunes if you care to do so. Reviews in iTunes slash Apple Podcasts really help. We have some Twitters. Al is Mick Inky. I'm pretty sure on Twitter. Yep. Uh, Rochelle is Miss Delaney with two L's on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Will is at Wash in the Sink. Usually. Usually. Usually you're washing in the sink. I am at Dragging a Lake. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Pokemon Podcast. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I think that's, that's all I got for now. So this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are
2: super effective. Super effective.
0: Super.
3: Condiment effective. Wow. Mm, Ketchup. Delicious.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's Super Effective was created and produced by me, Steve Black Jr. Logo and artwork were also created by me. The music at ISE was created by Nicholas Burgess. If you enjoy ISE, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or just tell a fellow friend about the show. ISE is my current job right now, and I need all the support I can get to keep doing it weekly. If you'd like to support ISE, you can do so on Patreon. You can support me by heading over to ise.cash. For as little as $2 a month, you'll gain access to our Slack community where you can battle, trade, and chat with other trainers. And for $5 a month, you'll gain access to our bonus anime podcast. A quick shout out to our producers of this show, which include Robert, Kevin, Albert, Mason, Kay, and Cygnus. Thank you all for listening.